God. You guys excited to be in church tonight? Well, I heard those announcements and I thought, well, I can't speak English or another language. And I didn't even know what Tom said was wrong. Because we do got some of the friendliest people I've ever seen. Thank you, Lord. And that's okay. Because y'all understand, don't you? Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. It's a good night, isn't it? Let's believe God together for a good for some uh, good word, something timely and and His word, not not mine or yours or your idea or mine. Amen. Father God, we do thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for your goodness in, in our lives. Lord, we ask that you help us tonight. Lord, show us your word. Lord, give us utterance, anointing. Lord, help us with revelation. Lord, we are believing you. We don't, we're not looking to a man for ideas or information. We're believing for truth from your word. And we ask that we receive it with open hearts and that we use it in our lives to, to touch others, to help others. And we give you glory in advance for everything that will do in our own lives and the lives of others as we take it forth from here. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Well, open up your Bible to Hebrews 11. Yeah, right there in the faith chapter. Thank you, Lord. You know, the other day, we were going home from a wedding, actually. And so we were dressed to chase dogs. And uh, we got up on the highway by our house, and there's this little dog running in the middle of the road. And we're like, he's not going to make it. I need to look away. (laughs) You know, because... That's, that's just not safe for a dog to be in the middle of the highway. And, I mean, it was a busy day. Silver Dollar City traffic, everything else is happening. And uh, so we pull over to save this dog. Because we're dog savers. That's what we do. You know? That's how we got the dog that we have that my wife loves so much. So we pull over, and I go to the side of the road, and I'm calling this dog. And he looks right at me, but he won't come to me. And, and he hears my voice, but he won't come to me. <laughs> yeah, and he's going his own way, even though his Savior is on the side of the road. <laughs> but he doesn't know it. So he's running in the middle of the road. And thank God a lady pulled off, and obviously she must have looked familiar to him. And she called him and got him off the road, and we took him to the... Uh, Humane Society, the people called that Tuesday and got him back. So, glory to God. Happy story. But God was showing me in that us. He said, there's so many of us walking in the middle of the road, going our own way, doing our own thing, and he's calling to us saying, go this way, follow me, follow me, come here. And we're looking, but we don't recognize him. We don't know who he is. We may, we may have been to church. We may have heard good things. We, we, may, we, may have, we may have heard what He did for somebody else. But we don't put it in our own lives. Amen? God, God has to be real. He, has, he, he can't be a dream. He can't be a wish. He can't be something you hope might be true. Amen? And not just for the end of this life. For now. Because... We're on a path with Him. But if we're not following Him, we're not on His path. And you can believe for something all day long, not following God, and never get it. 
Because you're not in the place to get it. Amen? And, and so we want to be the ones that hear his voice and know it. You know, he, we had the, the series that said, my sheep hear my voice and another they won't follow. You know, thank God that little dog really didn't just run off with anybody. But it would have been nice if he would have trusted me right then. <laughs> Amen? Because, I mean, cars were dodging him, pulling off the side of the road. It was a big deal. And don't you know that the mercy of God has you just like that? You're in the middle of the road. There's cars coming both ways. And he's got them dodging and missing you and everything else. And he's going to try everything he can do to get you out of the middle of the road. Does how many know that the middle of the road is the least safe place you can ever be? Remember God said, I, I wish you'd be hot or cold. Right? Because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. It's not just because he don't like the taste of lukewarm. You're in the most dangerous place you can be. He cannot help you. You're double-minded, double vision, double everything. You're like the little dog. You're looking at me, but you don't know what to do. Amen? He, he'd rather, he would rather you be cold and out of danger than to be, be lukewarm. Amen? You know, my mom used to say the most miserable person in the world is somebody that's got a little bit of Jesus. Huh? A little bit of Jesus ain't enough. You need all the Jesus you can get. And then you need to learn and grow so that you can get more. How many know that He's infinite in what He can give you, but we have a a topper and, and we have to, by faith, grow so that we can get more? Amen? Are we going to look at the Word, or are we going to talk about the little dog? Let's look at the Word. <laughs> it says uh, in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 6, King James, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Do you know there's people who don't believe that, God, that verse? They believe God could be happy with you and you not be in faith one day of your life. Amen. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, God's not disappointed in His choice. He wants to be happy with what you're doing right now. And to be happy with what you're doing right now, you must be doing it in faith. For Him, to, because, Why? Because He knows if you're doing it that way, you know why it makes Him happy? Because if you're in faith, He's getting ready to have the ability to do something for you. And He's a good Father God. He's looking for a reason to do something for you. And faith gives him that ability. Faith opens the door to everything he is to bring into our lives. Amen? He said, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. You know, know, a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, we know that, brother Dave. You know, sometimes God's this thing that's way out here. And he's not right here. We must believe he is. He is God. He is good. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. He is. He does exist. He did create the world. These aren't Bible stories in the Old Testament. Jesus isn't just something we watch on Easter. We believe that God is. Amen? And and then you've got to go further than that because if you believe He is, then He's saying, I want you to do something with that faith that I exist. He's saying, I want you... To know that I'm a rewarder of those who desperately seek me. No. 
diligently seek me. You got thousands of people in the world desperately seeking God. Lord, I got bills, I got problems, I got pains, I got, I got, I got. You got everything. And you're desperately seeking God. And He said, diligently seek me. If we diligently seek Him, we won't have to desperately seek Him. Amen? Because desperately seeking God means you didn't diligently seek Him. How do I know? Because I've desperately sought God. Amen? We, we, need, we need to be diligent in seeking Him. Diligently seeking Him is, is you know, did, did you know you can look, like I can look across this crowd and I can see people, but if I want to find one person, I have to seek them. Right? It's like we talked about hearing. I can hear every noise that's happening in this place right now, but the one I listen to is the one I'll identify. Amen? Seeing is the same way. You can see, okay, men... How many times you went to the refrigerator, came back and said, it's not in there, honey. <laughs> you looked in the refrigerator, right? And, and they're going to tell you, you didn't look. No, you did look. You just didn't seek. <laughs> right? Some guy, you got to dig behind stuff. But it was easier to let them seek after you just looked. <laughs> How many know that's not good enough for God? He doesn't want you to open the door and and see a big conglomeration of something out there and, and, and say, I don't see it. He wants you to have a very personal, one-on-one relationship with Him to where you seek Him not for what He has, but for who He is. And as you seek Him for who He, hit, who he is, you get what He has. Amen? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek who He is. Not what he has. They seek him. He's not a rewarder of those who diligently seek prosperity. Huh? He's not, he's not a rewarder of that. Think about the blind man. The blind men in, in, the, in the New Testament. They went seeking Jesus. They had to seek. You know, blind people hadn't been healed. Do you know that? Old Testament, you look back. Blind people didn't get healed. This was a new thing. They had to believe in something they had never seen. Amen? So they had, to, they had to have greater vision than what they could see. And that's what we have to have with God to diligently seek Him. We have to have greater vision than what we see. We have to, our vision has to be of the unseen. Our vision of the unseen will determine the results of our faith. If you, if you see God as someone that's far off and, and aloof and sometimes He helps people, sometimes He doesn't, you pray and you hope and, and the, you know, 50-50 or less, sometimes 20-80 I would imagine. <laughs> you know, I'm guessing most people don't get it that way because you're not in faith. You're not even in hope. You're in Wishville. Right? You're in Wishville. And, and, and you're just sitting back wishing that something... Good, look, look at the... Here's the good... Look at Isaiah 29, verse 8. We'll go back to Hebrews. Isaiah 29, verse 8. This is what faith without a true revelation of God is like. Well, actually not faith. Unfaith. This is what unfaith is like. It shall be as when a hungry person dreams... 
And behold, he dreams that he's eating. Man, you can dream you're eating the best piece of chocolate cake you ever ate. But guess what? When you wake up, you ain't going to taste no cake in your mouth because you didn't really eat it. Huh? It doesn't matter how thirsty you are. If you dream about getting a drink of water, but you really don't go get a drink, guess what? You have to go seek out some water. You have to go seek out some food. You can dream about it the rest of your life. You can wish it might happen. But you have to know the giver of all good gifts to truly receive it. And you got to believe in who He is. you got to believe not in who He is to me, who He is to you. you got to believe in how much He loves you. And you got to keep your focus on where you're going with Him. And not get turned to the side looking away at things that aren't real. What the, what the devil's trying to get you to do is look at every, tempor- every temporary and imaginary thing there is that's not God. Right? Look at, go back to Hebrews. Does that make a good point in, in Isaiah, though? And we, I, you know what? If we could eat dream food, though, I'd be a lot thinner. <laughs> I dream about the chocolate cake and then I go get some. I'm a doer. We want to be like that in our faith. If God shows us something, let's have, let's, have the, let's, let's have the knowledge to know that He gave us a vision of what He really wants us to have. Amen? Amen? And let's go and get it. Let's go and get it. But we have to increase our seeing. Does that make sense? We got our, our vision, our vision of who He is. Our vision of what He is, our vision of God will determine what we believe for. If you do not believe He's good, you will not ask Him nor believe Him for anything. Amen? So the first thing He said is you've got to believe I am and you've got to believe I'm good. It's not enough just to believe that He is. You can believe that He is all the days of your life. Brother Moore taught a whole series on it. Believing that He is, not what do you call it? Demon faith. <laughs> we don't need any demon faith. We, we want to believe that He is a rewarder, that He is a lover of you. Amen? And He loves you so much that not only did Jesus die and be raised again so that you could be a, the next brethren born into this earth, but you could also be born healed. You could be born saved, delivered. You could be born free of the, of the outside influences of this earth. The experiences and the things you see don't have to be your reality. Right? And a lot of people will tell you when you're in faith, they'll say, that's just not reality. Well, doggone right, it's not reality. It's real. It's beyond reality. It's truth. It's the Word of God. They can have their reality. It has no vision. If you base what you believe on exactly what you see, that's not vision. Vision is foresight. It's seeing beyond what, what's happening. Think about Celebration Sunday this week. If you have foresight, if you have vision, then you see more than people just getting free stuff. God had a plan for Celebration Sunday. Glory to God. He had a plan when He put it in place in Brother Moore and Mrs. Moore Hart. He had a plan. And He said, I'm going to use this 
to bless people. I'm going to use this to bring people into the kingdom of God. I'm going to use your blender. Amen. Amen. I'm going to use your blender. And I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to bring in some people with your blender. Why? Because they ain't never had a blender. But they found out because God cared enough about them having a blender that He might care about more than that. And they began to seek Him. Amen? The word seek sets your heart towards. Set your heart towards to seek Him. You know, last time I talked, we talked about inquiring of Him. Do you know that inquiring is one of the words for seeking? David inquired of the Lord all the time. He was seeking Him. And then one time, he didn't go where he was supposed to go. Obviously, he didn't inquire. You know, sometimes we don't inquire because we don't want to do what the inquiry will ask of us. Huh? It's like, Lord, should I give my brand new flat screen TV that I watch the Super Bowl on away? No, so you don't even ask that question. Why? Because you don't want to hear a yes. And if you do ask that question, you hear something like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Well, you know, that ain't God because He'd ask you to give anything you have away because He'd give you better. If you had vision, that wouldn't bother you because your vision of God would be so great that giving that away would just give you the knowledge that you would have even more. Amen? But our vision of God, is, is that's where we give from. Amen? People, people that don't give out of love don't get a return. Right? The value of their gift was done when they gave it because they gave it so people could see them. Because if you don't give out of love, there's no other reason to give. Right? Other than to be seen. Because if, even if you give to meet somebody's need, I would believe that's love. Right? Because you saw a need and you gave to meet that need. That would be love, right? Now, you should check with God and say, should I do this, God? Right? But God's merciful. He's a good God. Where did I tell you guys to turn? I don't even know where I'm at. We'll go to 2 Corinthians. We want a vision of what we can't see. Our vision must be greater than what's before us. Our vision must be greater than what's behind us. How many people are living life off what they used to do? Huh? I remember how it was in the old days. We had church like this, and man, people ran up and down the aisle, shouted and screamed, pulled their hair out. That was God, by golly. You know, I ain't going to say it wasn't God, but... But is that what's got to happen today for it to be God? Did you have one vision of what He does and that's it? <laughs> 2 Corinthians four eighteen it says, While we look not at the things that are seen. How can you look not at the things that are seen? It's almost impossible for you to open your eyes and not see seen things. Right? I'm seeing everything seen right now. Right? But vision is greater than what you see. 
Your vision must be greater than what you see. If we judge God's goodness on our lack of experience or someone else's so-called experience, then your vision will never go beyond that because that's your vision of God. If something did not happen for them, that's now your vision of God. They, believe, they told me they believed, and it didn't happen for them. That's, that's not God. It doesn't even match up to His Word, does it? But to have vision, we don't want to look at what's seen, right? It says, while we look not at the things that are seen, right? But, and, and the, infer- the reference here is that we look at the things which are not seen. How do you look at something that's not seen? Vision. Vision. You can close your eyes and you know He's good. You know, you don't have to even look back at what He's done for you. He's told you how good He is. He's told you in His Word. When we read by whose stripes we were healed, we ought to get a vision of what Jesus did for us. Not what He might do for somebody that asks. What He actually did. And we need to get a vision of that goodness and believe in that true power, healing power that healed us. Not is healing us. Healada. Right? Right? Healada. Past tense. Glory to God. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the things that are unseen. We're looking beyond what we've seen, what we've, what we've experienced. Even if you've experienced something good, you need to go on. You need to go on. It says, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are, which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. If you're relying on something that's seen, guess what? It's going away. So, if you're relying on a man, what if you're relying on the government? Right? <laughs> we, we read about this this week, didn't we? Look at, look at, uh, look at uh, 1 Samuel. Didn't we read about somebody who didn't want to rely on God anymore? Right? 1 Samuel, was it 8? 1 Samuel 8. They came to Samuel. We'll start about verse 6. They came to Samuel and said, You know what? Your boys are a mess and you're old. A lot of people try to make that nicer with King James English, but this is what they said. They said, your boys are a mess, and you're old. Right? Right? Now what they said, I mean, his boys were a mess, actually. Right? And he was was getting older. And they said, said, we want a king. Yeah, they showed it right there. Go back to verse 5. Just so I'm not, people don't look at me like I'm crazy. Your sons don't walk in, in, in your ways. And you're, you're, you're old. Your sons don't walk in our, your ways. In other words, they don't do what you do. Right? So uh, make us a king. What are they saying? Their, their total reliance, first of all, was on Samuel. And they thought it wasn't on God, but it, through, it was God through Samuel because God took this personal. He took it very personal. And uh, he, they said, you know, make us a king. Get us a king. And, and, and of course, in verse 6... Man, when Samuel heard this, he's like, it didn't please him. Why? Why didn't it please him? Because it didn't please God. Why? No faith. No faith. No trust 
in what He had done for them. If you look back and read from Exodus, from the time they left, God had taken care of them until this day. They had won their battles. They had been taken care of. They'd had the sun stop. I mean, they had had things happen. Right? If if they just wanted to go on what had been seen, they, they could have had something that was worth believing in. But they had zero vision of God. They had no vision of who He was. They they had a vision of what He had done, but no vision of who He was. Remember what it says in Psalms, in 103, I think 7-ish. 103, 7. It said the children of Israel knew His deeds. Moses knew His ways. There's two ways to know Him. You can know what He did, or you can know why He did it. When you know why someone did something, you know their heart. When you know what they did, you have no idea why. Amen? We want to know the the God that did it. We don't want to know about the deed. And we can scream and shout about the Red Sea opening today, but you don't need the Red Sea to open today. Right? It's a great testimony, but you don't need it to open today. Right? You need your electric bill paid. Right? To you, that's as big as the Red Sea right now. And you know what you need to get your electric bill paid? You need a vision of how good God is and that He cares about your electric bill and that that He'll show you where you messed up right after He fixes it. Amen? Amen. Because He's a good God. But you've got to have a vision of Him as a good God. You can't be sitting there worrying. If you're wondering if God's going to take care of you, then your vision is, is lacking. And we've all been there. My vision, your vision. Man, we pray and we go, man, I wonder if that's really going to happen. <laughs> that's kind of a waste of prayer time, wasn't it? We should never walk away wondering. We should walk away knowing that the same God that saved us that set us free, that healed our bodies, that He cares about everything. He cared that you got the blender, and He cared that your electric bill got paid. Amen? Amen? It's the same God. And our vision must come up. It can't remain where it's at, or it will, it will fade away. Amen? Amen? Did I tell you to Samuel? Or, yeah, we're in Samuel, aren't we? Well, he, Samuel went to God... And he said, God, they want a king. And God said, go tell them everything that a king's going to do for them. Now, how many know when God takes the time to correct you? Huh? And, and, and to teach you personally? Takes the personal time to tell you, don't do this. It's like when you're talking to your teenagers. Okay, we'll go over here. Huh? It's like when my mom used to talk to me and my dad used to talk to me when I was a teenager. But see, I knew too much. They couldn't talk to me. Right? A king, man, they'll take your sons, they'll put them in the army, they'll take a tenth of everything you make, they'll, they'll, they'll do this, they'll do that. He had a whole list of things that a king wasn't something they wanted for. Amen? Had a whole list. Samuel goes back, tells them the whole list. Step by step, exactly the way God said it. Go about to verse 19. You always hate to see this word in front of the sentence. 
Nevertheless. Nevertheless. That's like after you talk to your kid and they, you tell them everything that they, you know, this isn't a good idea. And nevertheless, they did it anyway. I did it. I thank God for the times I didn't. Amen? I thank God for the times I listened. Even with a frown on my face. Because I didn't like what she was saying or what my dad was saying or what they were trying to tell me. I thank God for the times. Because you know what? Now I know how much trouble I saved myself. Mainly because of all the trouble I got into when I didn't listen. And had the children of Israel just listened. Why? Because they already had a good God. He was trying to give them a vision of what they weren't having to do now. They were winning all their battles. They weren't paying somebody. All They weren't giving up tenths of, of, of their parts of their business. They weren't having to take their kids and their daughters into the kingdom. They, there was all kinds of... Read it if you want to see what all they said the kings would do. And you know, there were some good kings, but there were some really bad ones. And they did really bad things. And besides that, they had the king. They had the king. They didn't need a king. They had the king. And God told them. You know, if God doesn't say anything except you don't need a king, should that be enough for you? The only way it would be enough for you is if you had a vision of his goodness. Because when God tells you no, you have to know what his vision is, what his heart is. God sees the, the, the end from the beginning, and he knows what everything you're going to do, how it's going to end up. Amen. And if you believe that, every time he says no, you'll say, well, thank you for telling me that, God. <laughs> huh? Why? Because you are getting ready to go somewhere you ought not be doing something you ought not be doing. Right. Glory to God. Thank God for some no's. Everybody says, well, he says yes and amen. Yes, he does when you have a smart idea <laughs> that's backed up by his word. But you, you can't just come up with something off the top of your head and say, oh, God's a yes man. He'll say yes. No. God's a love man or a love God, whatever. He's a love God. And, and he's not, he, he's always looking ahead to see how what your decisions that you're making right now, how they're going to affect you down the road. Amen? And he's, he, he's, he's going to give you all the information you need and all the help you will ever need to get where you're going, but you have to have vision of how good he is. You've got to be able to see a bigger picture than what's right in front of you. Amen? Amen. And they said, nevertheless... The people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. First of all, it wasn't the voice of Samuel. They thought it was the voice of Samuel. Why? Because they didn't know God. So this was just the words of men to them. And when you take God's word and, and, you, and you bring it down to that level, then you don't have to obey it. Right? If it's just a man, you don't got to obey if it's God, you got to obey. Amen. If it's not, if it's the voice of Samuel, ah, he could miss it. He's a man. Man, he hadn't missed it in how many ever years he's been in office there, had he? I'd think listen to Samuel. 
And I would think, think Samuel is hearing the voice of God and telling us exactly what God said. But they didn't listen nor obey. And they said, nay, nay, no, nay, no, 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 no. How many people say nay? Do you ever say nay? Huh? Your kid ask it, nay. Nay, thouest won't go. Please puttest yourself in the chair that thou might have long life and prosperous in your way. They said, nay. We, and think about this. God, if you, if you look at what David did, David always asked a question. They're not asking if they can have a king. They're telling Samuel they want a king. And now Samuel told them they don't want a king. And they said, yes, we want a king. They're not asking for a king. They're telling God they want a king. How many know, if you want to tell God what you want, huh? He'll let you do He will not stop you from doing whatever you want. He won't stop you. People say, oh, he'll stop you. You know, we're under grace. We can mess up. And No! He might get you out of a mess, but he didn't want the one to put you in there. It was our dumb choice that put us in the mess. Right. Amen? Amen. And, so, and so, you know what? He, he's going to let them have a king now. Why? Because they're demanding a king. They're demanding a king. And, the, and they're not going to take no for an answer. Literally, God didn't say no. He told them why they didn't need one. He wanted them to make the right choice. Why? Because God's still a God of choice. Old Testament, New Testament, whatever Testament you want to read, our God is a God of choice. Why? Because when you choose to follow Him with all your heart, you've truly seen His. Amen? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Go to Proverbs. Whew. wonder what proverb you're going to go to. I had it in my notes. I'm starting to feel like Brother Moore turning my pages. Look at that, huh? Having to look back. <laughs> that is something to aspire to. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 29:18. I remember I read this not too long ago. And, and you know, everybody quotes the first part of this verse, but they never read the second, second sentence. And that's because most people don't understand what they're saying. Right? Because they're talking about vision and people perishing, and then the next thing they talk about is people obeying the law. Well, what's that got to do with it? It's got everything to do with it. It says, where there is no vision. What's he saying? He's not saying where they can't see what's going on before them. He's saying where they can't see my plan, where they can't see my bigness. Is that a word, bigness? It is today, right? When they can't see the awesomeness of God and, and the vision that he has for their life and their country, then they perish. Why? Because they have no vision. They have no vision of what? No vision of God. No vision of His goodness. No vision of His love. No vision. And see, people that truly have vision, they'll keep His law. Why? Because they know it's good for them. 
They have vision. What? Not of his. They're not looking at what he said not to do and what to do. They're looking at how good he is. So if he said it, it must be good. Amen. So happy is he that keeps the law. Why? Because he's got vision of God's goodness. Glory to God. That's a good thing. Amen. Where there's no vision, where people don't know how good he is. Where people haven't seen or experienced anything about him. They have zero vision. People that have experienced stuff of him, they still, some of them, have no vision. Do you know that you could experience God and still not have the vision of him? Because you can trump those experiences with your old ones. What about the children of Israel? Go to Numbers. Numbers uh, 11. We want to seek God. Seek. Set our heart on God. Set our, set our affection on God. Crave God. Amen. Amen? Amen? You know, when you crave something, there's nothing else will satisfy that craving. Amen. That, that word means crave. That one of the one of the one of the words that describe uh, seeking him and, and 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 all those things that would go with seeking him, that one of those words is crave. Asking. When it says ask and you shall receive, that word ask means to crave. And if you crave the things of God, nothing else will satisfy you. You can go look all over the earth, you can go into every place in the world, but if you're truly craving the things of God, you'll only find to the fulfillment in the things of God. And that's why God said, seek me with all your heart. Love me with all your soul, all your might, all your strength. What's, what's he saying? I need all of you. Because you can't seek me over here and seek this this way. You can't be double-minded, double vision, cross-eyed and everything else and expect to see who I truly am. Amen? Amen. Because he's a good God. And then in, in Numbers 11... Children of Israel, out in the wilderness. In verse 4, it says, in a mixed multitude. What's a mixed multitude? Uh, you know what a mixed multitude is? Some people who don't believe, and they're in there with the people who are kind of trying to believe. <laughs> they're a mixed multitude. And the bummer part of that is, is the ones that don't believe nothing, they, over, they, they, they talk the ones that maybe could have believed something into not believing. So the mixed multitude becomes the multitude really quick. You know, you know that's why God said, don't keep any of their stuff. Get, get rid of all those people. Why? He didn't want them mixing in with you. Because it would mess. You know, a lot of people say, oh, God's so mean. He told them to kill the kids and the cows and the, and the donkeys and the, chi- the little babies. He, he couldn't. That, that's like saying, you know, I, I got a little cancer in me, but it's just a little. I don't need to get rid of that. You don't want one bad cell in your body. Amen? So is there anybody in here who wants part of their body not working right? So you don't go buy parts that don't work. Right? You don't go get things that don't work. You'd be better off to work with what you have than to go try to find something that might work. Amen? So the mixed multitude that was among them, fell a-lusting. You know what the word lusting is? Set your heart 
Crave. Yeah, same word. Only it's in the promiscuous sense. It's the same word. It's to desire your desires more than his desires. It's to desire what you see in your eyes more than going seeking God. And what they saw in their eyes was, who shall give us flesh to eat? Who's going to give me some meat? Now, if you read in Exodus, they had already gotten meat before. God had given them meat. They were getting manna now. And they wanted to know who was going to give them meat. They, you ever notice that they go straight to drama? They never ask God anything? You, huh? The children of Israel always went straight to drama. We're gonna, why didn't you just leave us at the, Egypt to die? Well, do we have to come out here and die? We could have died there. It's like, it's like they created a whole show and then went before Moses. Okay, you be the sad person. You three cry and you scream loud. Man, they were, they were drama queens. And the first thing they did is they start weeping and crying. They don't just ask God. What if they would have just came and asked Him? What if they just said, God, you know what? We'd really enjoy some meat. You know, the man, the man is good. It's good manna. Man, thank you. It comes from heaven, and it's right there, and we always have it. But we'd kind of like some meat. What if they'd have done that? They'd have probably got meat without a problem. Did you ever notice when people get in trouble, they don't ask forgiveness, right? They just go off and say, I guess I'll never have that. Ask forgiveness. He's a good God. He's looking for somebody that will come humbly to Him and, and ask Him for something. Why? Because now you've asked. They're not asking Him. They're saying, who's going to do this? In other words, first we're entitled to it, and who's going to do it for us? And they've got the criers behind them. We haven't had meat. We've only had manna. I don't meat. I don't even remember what meat tastes like. And they're crying. They're whining. Glory to God. Where am I? Verse 5. And and because they whined and because they lusted, what do you have to... The thing about lusting that's different than than craving or God's stuff, seeking God, is you have to have have experienced what you're lusting after. They they, They were lusting after something they experienced. What were they lusting after? The old days. The old days. Yeah, they were there looking for the old days. I remember fish. <laughs> Do you notice none of them said, I remember getting beat on the back, having to make bricks out of straw, and they took some straw away from us one time, and, and they gave us old leeks, and they didn't give us any good ones. We got all the leftover stuff. Nobody ever said that, because that's not TV, right? When you make TV, you got to make it sound better. That didn't sound good enough. So they got the drama up and they said, oh, oh, I remember fish. Whew. And how you could smile and say, I remember fish, I don't know. <laughs> so I'd have to say, I remember steak. Huh? Yeah. But they said, oh, I remember fish. Man, we had the best fish there in Egypt. And we had the best fish ever. And, and we had 
We, we ate it freely. They didn't do anything freely in Egypt. They were slaves. They ate what they were given. They didn't get to say, oh, no, I'll have the steak tonight. Thanks. Thanks for the fleeks and onions, but I'm not going to go with the greens tonight. Can I extra? No, they didn't get a choice. There's no choices. But yet they somehow remembered how they freely ate in Egypt. They didn't freely eat nothing. They got no vision. They can't see in front of them, therefore they look behind. When you have no vision, you've got nothing before you. You have no hope. You have no future. So you look behind you. Right? Let's see if we can bring it into the church today. I remember in my old church, they let me stand in the front and dance. They don't let me do that here. If I could dance, I think I could get closer to God right here. I remember in my old church, I could shake the pastor's hand every Sunday. Woo. We even got to go over his house and eat dinner a couple times. I remember in my old church, they let me sing in the choir even though I was off key. This church, they just stick me in the parking lot like I ain't nobody. You got no vision. The church requires parking lot people because God said put them there. You got no vision. Hmm? I remember in my old church, I used to scream out and talk in tongues, and somebody interpreted it. That could happen here. Not because it happened in your old church, though. God has a vision for every church. And if He puts you in there, you were part of the vision. And if you leave, does that mean you're part of some other vision? No. It means you left the vision you were part of. Woo. Boy, I didn't even have that in any note whatsoever. But I ain't taking it back. <laughs> and you can even do it with drama. You know? <laughs> I'm just not happy here. In my old church, I did this and I did that. And every time I did, they called and thanked me. And they don't call me at all here. know what i'd like to call every person i could but i can't call everybody the moors can't either so i'll just say thank you <laughs> thank you for being a part of the vision it's a good vision guess what i'm a part of the vision you know the first thing i ever raised my hand to do in this church parking lot they said hey we need some parking lot people i said and they said, not you. I'm not qualified for parking lot. Now what if I would have said, well, if I can't be on parking lot, I ain't going to be nothing. No vision. No vision. Start where you are, you'll stay where you are, right? Isn't that what the Moors say? Start someplace and let God promote you. 
By the way, the parking lot is a good place. The clean team, good place. There's not a part of the body that's not good. Because you're part of the body of Christ. Part of the body of this church. And if you're called to this vision, it, it, it not only, it, God put it in place so that you could be that part. So that the other parts could work around you and with you and work properly. Amen? We're all just a cog. Right? And if I spin right, the person that's spinning by me spins right. Amen? And that's what we're trying to do. Off the subject, but right there. Right there. God wanted it said, right? I believe that. We prayed before we started, right? Okay. We remember fish. and We did eat in Egypt freely. Cucumbers. Mm. They were so good. Melons. Leeks. What in the world is a leek? Huh? You know what? If somebody says, I really enjoyed that leek... You got you got to question where they've been, huh? You got there's got to, something's got to come into question right there, huh? You don't enjoy leaks, you endure them, right? <laughs> Onions and garlic. Onions and garlic. And we, we remember all these things. They were so good. They were so good. What are they doing right now? They're despising the gift of God. They're despising what God gave them. They're not, they're not, they're not even remembering that this, that this manna rains every night out of heaven. When the dew falls, this comes down. This is a miracle that happens every day. Every day of their life. Every day. Now, you also know they didn't have to eat manna for 40 years if they would have been obedient. Because the trip wouldn't have took that long. So maybe they wouldn't have got tired of manna. But it doesn't matter. They weren't tired of manna. They had no vision of who, where God was taking them. You don't get tired when you're seeking God because there's always something better on the next step. You don't get bored because God's not boring. He puts somebody in your path and in your life every day. Amen? It's not boring seeking God. And it never will be. But when you quit seeing that He's got the good plan. That He's got it all marked out. He's got your race marked out before you run it. And He knows every corner you're going to take, every turn you're going to make, and He's there with you. And He's got a plan. And if we believe in that, we see the vision. What is the vision? The vision is Hebrews 11:6, That God is and that He's a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek Him. Seek Him how? With all their heart. Amen? That's the only way you can seek God. Did you know that people that don't seek God with all their heart, they seek Him with a half heart? They're very confused people. You ever notice that? Why? Because they mix what they see in with the unseen, and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Well, I, I, the unseen is, is by whose stripes you were healed. But the seen is, great-grandma, she never got healed. That's a terrible sandwich. Why? Because you've got to look at the unseen Amen. all the time. 
Because the unseen is truth. The unseen is God. The unseen is love. Do you know one of the qualities of love? It doesn't seek its own. What? It doesn't crave its own. You know the quality of lust? It craves its own. Amen? God is love. If God is love, He's never seeking His own. He's seeking for you. Everything He's doing is for your life and for something better for you. Everything He's doing. And if you believe that, you believe He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So you seek Him with all your heart. And when you seek Him, you find Him. When you seek Him, how? With all your heart. Children of Israel, they couldn't see in front of them anymore because they'd forgotten God. Because they never knew who He was. They only knew what He did. Amen? I don't want to know just what He did. I want to know who He is. I, I, I like a personal God. I like to drive down the road and look crazy like I'm talking to myself. Huh? Don't you like that every now and then? The people look over and they wonder why you're talking to yourself in your car. And God just told you something funny and you're laughing at it. Isn't that cool? He's that personal. And people who don't believe they can hear Him don't talk to Him. Why? Because they got no vision of His voice. Without vision, you perish. Why do you perish? Because you won't listen. You won't look. You won't hear. And you won't see. Amen? We want to get a vision of God and how good He is. We don't want to be like these people that remembered everything that wasn't God. They believed all the garlic and the onions. They said, but our soul is dried away. There's still drama. See, I have, a, I have a whole skit planned out. You know, they got one guy licking his chops, holding the fork and knife. They got two, the, but our soul's dried away. Our soul's dried away because there's, there's nothing at all besides this manna. Oh, you're only getting the stuff that God rains out of heaven every night for you if you're on a miracle? Oh, is that all you're getting is a miracle a day? How many people in here take a miracle a day? Huh? Yeah. I'll take a miracle a day. Well, you're getting one. You breathe every morning, don't you? It's a miracle. God getting you out of bed. Thank you, Lord. Besides this manna, before what? Before eyes. That's all they could see. Couldn't see God. All they saw was the provision they, they loathed. So they despised what God gave them in, in lieu of Egypt. They're like... We don't want that. We would rather have Egypt. Now, how do you how do you reckon that made God feel? Well, we know how it made him feel, because he tells us how it made him feel right after that. Well, he said, not only am I going to send you meat, I'm going to send you so much meat that you, that, that 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 you're going to have it coming out your nostrils. Why? Because they couldn't even even after he told them. Well, you know what? Again, there's another question. He said, he said, you know what? You're not just going to have meat for one or two days or even a week. You're going to have it a month, and you're going to have it till it's coming out your nostrils. You know, if God says something like that, it's time to get on your face. It's not time to go stand up and wait on the quail. They went and stood out and waited on the quail. And then picked it up. God told them it was going to be a mess for them. And instead of getting on their face and saying, Lord, we didn't know what we were talking about. Church, hear me. 
If God corrects you, it's not time to say, oh, that wasn't God, that's just the devil trying to keep me away from something. No, get on your face and say, forgive me, God. I know you have better for me. I'll take your way. Don't go on walking in the middle of the road. Get off. Over to the side. Stay with Him where it's safe. Amen? Glory to God. All they could see was that manna. Just that manna. Verse 10. Moses heard the people weep. They held the whole family weeping. You know, probably there are people that hadn't even tasted quail there, and they're weeping there. We just want quail. You don't even know what quail is. Because their children were weeping. Everybody was weeping. And the Lord got mad. Why did the Lord get mad? It hurts him when he can't help his kids. People say, I got mad because they disobeyed. Yes, because when they're in disobedience, he can't help them. It's not, you know, how many parents I got in here? Do you get mad because of the wrong they did or what it could have done to them? It's what it could have done to them. Thank God for His mercy and they came through and they came home and everything's good. Amen? But it's like you say, I'm so glad you're okay. Now come so I can beat you. Hmm? Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? Because that's exactly how I feel I felt sometimes. <laughs> Probably I was out of faith. Well, you know the story, though. They got the, they got the quail. They went on. They ate it while it was yet in their teeth. It rotted right there and made them all sick. And, 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 and at the end of the story, it says they died. And, all, and, and they called the name of that place something that I can't read. Because there they buried the people that lusted, that desired something besides God. Why'd they bury him? Because God got mad? No, because they lusted after something more than him. When we follow after that which is seen, it'll take you down a road to destruction. Right? What's it say? Many are the plans of man, but the end thereof lead to death. Right? That's not where we want to go. That's not where we want to be. Look at Jeremiah 29. I had that in my notes too, somewhere. 29, 12. Of course, 11 says, you know, the thoughts, he, he knows the thoughts he thinks about us. How many know what he's saying? I know what I've planned for your life. That's what God's saying in 29, 11. He says, I know what I'm planned for you. You know, whether you're experiencing it or not, doesn't people say, well, if he planned it for me, why aren't I living it exactly? That would be his question, not yours. Right? Right? If, if God planned it and we're not living it, I don't think we need to go to God and say, why aren't we living it? We need to check our own heart. Right? So he had a good plan for us. And then in 12, he says, then you'll call on me. And you'll go and pray to me, and I'll hear you. What's he talking? He's talking about people that are following his plan. People that he had a good plan for. And he said, and I'll hear you. And he said, and you'll seek me, crave me, desire me, set your heart on me. Set your heart, your whole heart on me. That's a big deal, guys, because, you know, sometimes we want to keep back just enough of our heart 
to go do what we want to do sometimes. Huh? Well, none of y'all ever did that. But sometimes, you know, uh, we just want to get crazy, you know, because, you know, we, we just want to do that. You know, just living this Christian life, it's all straight and narrow. Every now and then you just got to get crazy, right? No. One day of crazy equals one day you don't want to be in that life. Amen? You don't need that crazy day. It says, you shall seek me, you shall crave me, you shall look for me. And when you look for me, you'll find me when you shall search for me. How? See, you've got people seeking God all the time, but they're not seeking Him with all their heart. They're seeking Him with all their problems. Amen. Right. You know, the answer to my problems was Matthew 6.33. That was the answer to my problem. When I quit seeking God for my problems and I started seeking Him to what I could do for the kingdom of God and doing His ways, doing His plan, then my problems tended to go away. Because do you know, whenever you're trying to get Him to figure out your problems, really you're trying to figure out the problems. And if you're trying to figure them out, then God can't figure them out because you're in the way. So what He says is if I can get you to walk my way, your problems will stay over there. If I can get you to seek me with all your heart, you won't care about anything else. You won't, you won't care. You won't have the cares of life and the worries and the stresses because you'll be going for me and what I have for you every day of your life. Amen? He says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's only one way to seek him. And it's not just looking it's striving after. It's clawing after. It's, it, it's, it's, uh, it is unacceptable for you not to have the next step in your life. And when you're seeking God every day of your life, you get up and you're looking for something more. Why? Because you crave it. You've got to have it. Amen? But that's when He has your heart. Right? Look at uh, New Testament, Matthew 5. Two more verses. Matthew 5, verse 6. It says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And you notice that word does not say starved. Right? You know, I hunger after a lot of things even when I'm not hungry. Huh? Man, I can eat cake when I'm full. You know, I think it's Dan Metz, and he says there's always room for ice cream. He's craving ice cream, but he's not hungry. That word hunger, one of the words for it, crave. Craving. Greek word. Look up your Strong's Concordance. You didn't know I was such a professor of the word, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hunger. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those that hunger for the things of God, doing things His way, doing things the way, see how He does them. They, they're, they're empowered. Why? Because they have a vision of who He is. 
They hunger for the next thing that he's doing. They want to be involved in everything that he's involved in. They hunger after him. They thirst after him. They want that. Amen? Amen? Those, and he says, those that hunger and thirst after me, he said, blessed are they. Why? Empowered to succeed. Why? Because they will be filled. Why? They're seeking the right thing. They're looking the right way. They're looking the right direction. They're looking for the right thing with the right heart. And when you take your heart and you put it into these things, God takes it and he says, that's mine. That's my people. They can see what I want. And they'll do what I say because they see what I want. They'll give their washer and dryer on Celebration Sunday because they know that I want it given away because it'll bless somebody. And they're not even concerned about it because as much as they know I want them to give it away, they know how good I am and that I'll supply all their needs. He, he loves people that have a vision of His goodness. That's why He said, you must believe I am and you must believe I'm good. I need you to believe two things. I need you to believe that I am first and then I'm good. Because if you believe those two things, you see me. You see me. You don't see what I can do. You see who I am. Amen? And if you see who he is, you'll see what he does. Amen? If you can see the heart of God and you follow after that heart, you will see what he does best. He fixes people. He saves lives. He takes destruction and, makes, and, 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 and buries it and makes good things come up, new things. He takes lives that were worthless and gives them the greatest value in all the earth. That's right. You know what everybody's got to do. You've got to take this series that Brother Moore's teaching on right now, Precious in His Sight, and learn how precious you are to Him. Because it's a vision builder. It shows not only who you are, who He is, and how much He cares for you. That's right. That's the vision you've got to get. Amen? That's what, the, that's what the three Hebrew children knew. They knew how much they said, you can throw us in the fire. You throw us in the fire, we're not going to get burned up. And, or if you don't throw us in the fire, we're not going to serve you. What are they saying? We seek one God. We know His vision. And we know who He is. And we're not bowing down to you because you're not Him. Amen. He's a good God. Got a good plan for us. Thank you, Lord. Look at Colossians 3. We'll close with this. Colossians 3, verse 1. This is how we live our lives. This is how we go from one place to the next. Because the key to this whole verse is the very, the very first part of the sentence of it. It says, in verse 1, it says, If you then be risen with Christ. And what's he saying? He's saying, if you're saved... If the Lord reached down and saved you and He pulled you out of your old life. Huh? If you've received the good gift that He gave today, then this verse, the rest of this verse is going to apply to you. Why? Because He's saying, if, you, if you're this, you have vision. 
If you can see that you're risen with Christ, you now have vision of why you're risen with Christ. You now have vision of my love for you. You now have vision of my healing power. You now have vision of everything I ever wanted for you in Christ. And if you have that vision, then seek those things which are above. In other words, quit looking at the temporary things. It's the same verse. Don't look at what's going on here because I got the plan up here. Right? It doesn't matter what's going on. You know, you got people that are doing things because they think the world's going to end. You know, if the world's going to end, why are you going to need food? The world's going to end. It ain't going to matter. You know what? I don't want to be here if it's that bad. Take me on home. Right? Right? If I got to eat dehydrated peas, I don't want to live. Ah. No, if you think that'll help, do it. Not, not thus saith the Lord. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. Probably didn't need to say that. Although, don't send me any dehydrated peace. <laughs> Seek those things which are above. In other words, look to me for your plan. Look, for, look to me for your next step. Look to me what's going to happen. Look to me for an answer to your questions. Don't go to the world looking for answers to godly questions. You're going to get the wrong answer. Right? Don't look back at what used to be to find out what needs to be today. Amen? If, if, if you have been risen with Christ, seek those things that are where Christ is. Seek those things that are higher than you, that are greater than you, what? A vision you can't see. Seek the unseen. And believe God for something more, for something better, for the truth of His plan in your life. Amen? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. you got to believe those things right there. You're not going to seek it if you don't believe that Christ is sitting right there on the right hand of God. What's He doing? He's giving you a vision of why you're to seek Him. Not only are you risen with Him, but the same Christ you're risen with is seated at the right hand of God. And He gave you another verse later that says you're seated with Him. That's a vision builder, isn't it? we got to believe that. We're seated with Him. Glory to God. Where where Christ sits on the right hand, verse 2. Set your affection, set your love, set your heart, set your person on things above, not on the things of this earth. And we're not just talking about don't go after after a business that makes money. That's not what he's talking about. He's saying don't make that your source. Don't put something over me. Amen? If you don't put something over me, you put everything under me. Amen? Amen? And then he can use, if you make money, great. Why? Because he can use it. He can use it to bring people into the kingdom. Money's a good thing. Amen? Glory to God. Set your heart, your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. It's the same verse. Don't look to the things you can see, 
Look at the things that are unseen. That's what he's saying right here. Don't look at the things. Don't set your heart on the things you see. Set your heart on the things that are unseen. Amen? Verse 3. For you are dead. Do you know what? Dead people never look back. They don't have any more drama. You are dead, and your life is now hidden with Christ. In other words, you don't live your old life anymore. You don't live the old plan. You now have a new plan, and it's hidden in Christ. And everything that God has for you, where you're going to find it, is in Christ. You're no longer going to look to the world, set your affection on the things above, where everything that is, that's in your life now, now exists. Amen? Amen? But you've got to have that vision. You've got to have that vision that you no longer, the things of this world, you're dead to them. You're dead to them. You know, they say, oh, you hadn't heard about this new strain of flu that's coming around. Dead to it. Dead people don't get the flu. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Huh? Dead to it. Oh, you just don't know what's going to happen. I don't have to know. I set my, my affection on the things above, above where my life is. Where my life is. Where my help comes from. My help doesn't come from the world anymore. My help comes from God. And He directs me on what to do and how to do it. Amen? And, and if we follow Him, then we'll have His way. We'll have His will. We'll have His things going on. It doesn't matter. You don't think, I don't have the answer to this. He does. Don't look to the world for that answer. He's got the answer. Amen? I got a bunch of dead people in here. Because your life is now hidden in Christ. Amen? Every plan, every purpose, every part of your life now exists in Him. And it's real easy to say when, you, when you're tempted to go a different direction, when you're tempted to go with your sight because your lust is in your sight. It's real easy to say, I'm dead to that. That's right. That won't even work for me because my life's hidden in Christ. I'm going to go this way and I'm going to stay this way. Because that's where I live. That's where you live, is in Christ. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. About talked all my voice for today. Good news, it comes right back. Good news for my wife, huh? She gets to listen to me more. Thank you, Lord. God's got a good plan for us. Isn't it exciting? Isn't it exciting to know this Sunday, this Sunday, Celebration Sunday, and God came to the Moors and said, every year I want you to do this, and I want you to do it this way. And how many know, no matter what you think you've seen at Celebration Sunday, unless you dig into the heart of God, you don't know the vision of the ministry. But if you dig into the heart of God, you'll see that so much more is happening. So much more than a ride on a, on a game or a, or a balloon or an ice cream cone or a free brat. So much more. So much more. It's the opportunity for us to love people, to love one another, to show the goodness of God, to show that there is a God and show that He's a good God. Amen? So, so if you believe he's, there's a God and you believe He's a good God, now this weekend we can show there's a God and we can show He's a good one and that He cares about them. Amen? Glory to God. I'm going to bring my best stuff. Right? If God says take that, 
I'm going to say, get thee behind me. Say, no, I'm going to say, yeah, that's the, that one right there. That's the one, not the old one that don't work good. In fact is, if I don't have a good enough one and he says to bring it, I'm going to go buy one. Because he's a good God. And I believe in his vision. And I, and, I do, and I don't believe it was Brother Moore and Mrs. Moore's idea to have this. I believe it was an idea of God. So when I heard their voice say we're having it, I heard the voice of God, not just a man. And so tomorrow or Sunday, we're all going to go out. We're going to walk out these doors. We're going to come in these doors first, and we're going to praise God who, who gave us another year at Faith Life Church, blessed us in every way. Glory to God. I'm just going to thank Him right now because He's been so good. I thank God for this church. Amen. For the people that I've met, for the things that we do. Amen. For the way God had them set it up. I thank God. Because you can see His wisdom every day in how He has it work. And then we're going to leave this place after, we've, after we're full of His Word and full of, his, of praise. And we're going to go out and we're going to love on each other. And we're going to love on others. We're going to be faithful to the brethren. And we're going to be faithful to the stranger. Amen? And that'll be a good thing. Got anybody going to do it with me? Thank you, Lord. You got a song?